All right. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. Let me know if you can see it in just a second. Can you see my screen? Yes. yes. Ah, perfect. Great. Cool. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining our first meeting of 2022. Um, I will get us started here by going over the agenda and then having the board quickly, the new board quickly introduce themselves. Um, then we'll go into uh, Ward 17 updates by Alderman Peel. Uh, we'll do some quick community updates for myself. And if you guys have anything to share, uh, run through the treasurer's report really quickly. Officer Walker here will go through the crime and safety report. Um, Linda from Park Central should be joining us. We have Cordell talking about the Steinberg Ring project. And then uh, we'll break off into community discussions. Uh, and we have a little bit of a, a discussion about 2022 and uh, how we can better, the association can better serve its, the neighborhood. So uh, without further ado, I'm gonna jump right in. Uh, this is your 2022 Neighborhood Association Board. Um, I am your president. My name is Dan. Uh, vice president here is Michael Browning. Your treasurer is, is Rachel. Secretary is Aaron. And your member at large is JC. Um, if you guys want to say hi to these friendly folks, they're always in the neighborhood, walking around, doing stuff. Um, Say hi, if you have the chance. Um, I'm gonna jump into ward updates really quick. I know all the women Peel, you are uh, a little bit of a time crunch. So I'm gonna let you uh, share any updates you have uh, within the 17th ward. Sweet tea there. Okay. You're on mute. Um, sweet tea, I'll come back to you in just a sec. We'll go through uh, some quick community updates on our end. Um, over the New Year Eve, um, we had a handful of volunteers help us distribute these door hangers to uh, all of the uh, homes and apartments in the neighborhood. Uh, the association partnered with uh, Shaw Nam and four other uh, associations in the neighborhood, Tower Grove Heights, Tower Grove East, um, Shaw and Botanical Heights, all in an effort to curb uh, the gunfire, the celebratory gunfire on New Year's Eve. Um, I'd be really interested to hear from anybody here if 
they heard uh, a difference in the uh, amount of gunshots uh, fired over New Year's Eve. Uh, we had a few residents say that it was the quietest New Year's Eve they've heard. Um, that resident has been a, a neighbor in the in the neighborhood for uh, a handful of years. So um, if you just drop in the chat whether or not uh, what what you experienced during New Year's Eve, uh, that'll help us uh, kind of think of future tactics that we can deploy as an association to help um, all of our law enforcement and and uh, curb uh, New Year's Eve celebra celebratory gunfire. Um, I was walking in Shota Park the other day and I noticed we have a handful of new picnic tables and benches and trash cans. Um, that is all a large part due to the infrastructure committee approving uh, that in the budget, I believe last year and the parks department has gotten around to installing those. So if you take a walk around Shota Park, you might find yourself on a, a handful, uh, sitting down on a, one of a handful of new benches or picnic tables. I think we've got a couple things in the chat here about New Year's Eve, Dan, just to come yeah. back to that comment about uh, it being quieter around 4400 Oakland and uh, Kalina offers a great suggestion about perhaps duplicating the effort for 4th of July. Yeah, I think those are great ideas. Um, I think we handed out uh, or distributed about 20, maybe, uh, Michael, you might have a better answer than I do. Was it about 1,500 door hangers? Was it more than that? Um, yeah, um, <clears throat> we distributed about 12, uh, between 1,200 and 1,300 door hangers. Uh, got all of Kings Oak and all of Forest Park Southeast. So uh, thank you to everybody who participated in that. Yeah, thank you. Um, one other thing here is that on our website, we now have uh, a renter's toolkit. Um, so as a renter in Missouri, you have uh, a handful of rights and you should know those rights as a renter. Um, we have provided a new resource on the site in the event that you think your rights have been violated. Um, this toolkit was largely inspired by the Casey uh, Tenants organization out in Kansas City. Uh, so thanks to, to their help and, and their due diligence on uh, providing a toolkit um, that we could replicate here for our neighborhood in St. Louis. Um, it's pretty easy to find the website. I think if you just uh, navigate down into uh, one of the navigation tabs. It'll be right there uh, under uh, renter, renter toolkit. Um, I'm gonna go back to Sweet Tea and see if she is ready to share any of her updates on the ward. Sweet Tea, you there? She's still connecting to audio. Um, before we hop in any, into uh, the treasurer's report and the budget, does anyone else have anything they'd like to share? No? All right. Dan, is there an update about Lux Living? Uh, I see 
I see that on the agenda. Yes, uh, I will leave that in, uh, with Sweet Tea. Uh, I had asked her to come with an update on Lux Living, the properties uh, that Austin owns along Manchester, um, and any other any other ward, ward updates that she might have. Um, just waiting. Uh, uh, Sweet Tea, are, are you ready to, to? Okay, okay, yep, floor is yours. Great, thank you. Can you hear me? I, yes. had, I had trouble getting on. So great. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, this uh, past uh, year has been a really good year for uh, the 17th Ward and for the city. And uh, I look forward to expanding. Uh, excuse me. I don't see everybody. Oops, what's going on? Hmm. Having trouble with the Zoom. Or something is okay. That's better. Okay, so can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so some ward updates. Uh, I heard uh, will in terms of the development uh, regarding Lux Living, uh, we have spoken with them. Um, over the last couple months uh, of the previous year. And uh, we'll be speaking with them in the next couple of weeks. We're negotiating to have that traffic end, exit and enter from Kings Highway. And we need to look at different aspects of variances, et cetera. So um, we are setting up, I'm setting up a meeting with Lux Living to talk about that in more detail uh, in the next couple of weeks. So that's where we're at with Lux Living. And Grove land, which is the Manchester properties. Uh, at this point in time, uh, I'm looking to try to get some community engagement process with them in terms of what they're going to be developing. We have not seen, when I say we, uh, it is the Cultural Resources Office has not seen any plans on what that's going to look like. Um, and so at this point in time, uh, the hearing for any demolition for that property has been postponed until we finally see some kind of design plan. So I'm working on that at, at this time. So they're not gonna be uh, going up to the preservation um, cultural resources office this month in terms of requesting a demolition. So that will be possibly in February. If it is, is that would be at the end of February. We've got a question about the Lux proposal. Sarah wants to know if Lux will maintain the, the Lux proposal will maintain the step back. Say that again. Sarah says, will the Lux proposal maintain the step back? Uh, that's something that we need to talk about in terms of how the Kings Highway entrance and uh, exit would work. Any other questions regarding that? Nothing else in the chat. And then I just wanted to update individuals that I am gonna be continuing to have monthly office meetings, uh, office hours, and uh, they will be posted on Twitter and Facebook. And the next office hours, I just had one um, on Sunday. The next office hours is gonna be February, uh, 19th from 2 to 3.30 at Rise Coffee Shop. 
And then the next one will be on March 18th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. We're still trying to determine a place and also have a lookout depending on uh, what the COVID numbers are and uh, what the city says we will, I will move office hours to Zoom if need be, but the times will still stay the same. So that is February 19th from 2 to 3.30 and on March 18th from 5.30 to 7. Uh, you can make an appointment with me and just e email me if you want an appointment during that time, or you could just walk in for office hours. I will also start uh, bi-monthly or every other month ward meetings, and uh, that will start in February. And then the last thing I wanted to update you all on are uh, there are going to be some committees that are going to be developing and I've been trying to uh, get them up and run running. Uh, one that's going to be new to the ward is that we're going to have a public safety committee and it's going to be a community public safety committee made up of residents. Uh, and so how that's going to work is uh, actually Darius Young from Botanical Heights is going to be leading that committee. And I also have uh, Professor Kenya Broomfield-Young from SLU University in the Criminology Department that's gonna help in terms of leading this committee. And what it's gonna be, it's a community grassroots committee in which you'll decide on how you'll want to um, deal with the public safety issues here in the ward. And we'll be working with the uh, police officers or the captain, the neighborhood police officer, Captain Marks, uh, will be working with all the different public safety entities currently that are working on public safety. But one thing that I have seen is that if we start getting involved as citizens, we'll un better understand what the police have to deal with. And at the same time, we could actually solve some of these uh, crimes uh, and safety issues that we have. One of the things that would happen out of this public safety committee is that neighbors have been asking for like trainings, like, you know, how do we stop um, catalytic converter theft would be a training or how do we stop a burglary, et cetera. But neighbors have been asking for some types of trainings like that. And so that's things that this committee would be organizing. Another thing is um, that uh, individuals have talked about they're missing the block groups and so one of the things that this safe public safety committee will do is help engage blocks to reform block groups. So we have neighborhood watches and there'll be other initiatives um, and that will come out of the group that forms uh, in terms of this community public safety committee that will be wardwide. Uh, we have people who are already interested in uh, being on that committee and I'll be posting something onto my Facebook Twitter, and then also do uh, public postings about that particular committee. Uh, the other committee will be a community engagement committee. And uh, so we are going to look at seeing how we can have some more types of events here in the community that will be grassroots. Some ideas is are to bring something like what Skinker DeBoliver is doing, like a porch fest, which is a, a, a music day in which uh, you're sitting on your porch and or you go to different people's houses and people are playing music and you go around for a three or four hours and it brings a community together. That's just one example. Um, you know, maybe a neighborhood wide 
uh, garage sale would be something. So somebody else asked about that. So organizing some community uh, events would be something that the community engagement committee would do. Um, and then uh, lastly would be the um, a marketing and communications committee to help publicize events like that, help publicize community meetings, et cetera, uh, getting volunteers to help in terms of that. So that will be coming out again on social media. I will mention if anybody knows how to help me, uh, my Twitter account got hacked and uh, I have a second Twitter account that isn't really my Twitter account. And if somebody could help me to close that down and figure out how I could get back into my Twitter account, that I'd appreciate that. So I'm trying to work with Twitter, but it's very difficult to figure out what is going on with my uh, Twitter account. So that's just a PSA. Yeah. Uh, sorry to hear <laughs> that your Twitter account got, got hacked. That's unfortunate. Um, it's very, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to hear uh, two of those committees, uh, uh, the board has uh, discussed loosely uh, some ideas for planning 2022. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that I think we're, we're advocating for is uh, reigniting or uh, bringing back the, the block captain system. Um, so I'd be interested to learn more and how uh, your, your, your plans are for doing, doing that within your committee. And then um, a question that I have um, related to the other, one of the other committees is, uh, that the, the, your engagement committee um, with events. I think another uh, task here that, the, that uh, the association kind of wants to do more of is are those events um, a good way to, to, to bring trust and the community out together. And I mean, it's a good fundraising opportunity as well. Um, are there, well, will there be, will there be within this committee, will there be funds allocated to helping um, organize and and structure and execute um, those those events. I uh, will be looking in terms of uh, the events. We'll look at different types of ways we could have resources. Uh, these events uh, or these committees are also ward wide, so yeah. it'll be a seventeenth ward uh, committees. Uh, and I will um, reach out to you, or you can reach out to me regarding what your initiatives are within yeah. uh, Forest Park Southeast so that we can collaborate. And some of the community engagement um, activities may just be one ward and uh, or another ward, it might not be ward wide, but it is up to the committee to decide what they would like to do. Um, I will be, uh, be getting some an intern or so that will help in terms of facilitating a lot of the grassroots resources, canvases, and things like that. That's great. Um, yeah, I can I can be in touch. I think one of the discussions that we're hoping to have tonight at the end of the meeting um, is is kind of helping getting getting word, um, getting input from the neighborhood on our 2022 plan. So if, if, if those in attendance today or in an email that we'll send out later think it's appropriate to do a block captain system or whatever the neighborhood thinks we should do, we'll, we'll definitely take that in consideration. Um, one last question I have for you, unless anyone else has any questions, is um, are, there, are there any other developments in the neighborhood that um, the, the association should expect in terms of uh, community engagement or to be, to be put on the radar just so um, we can we can prepare for that? 
Uh, at this point in time, it would be, you know, as the developments in terms of Grove Land and Lux Living, that would be the next things in terms of having some community engagement with, you know, developers, et cetera. So that would be the updates. Okay. Thank you. Um, any, any other updates from yourself or any questions from uh, the community before uh, we head to the next, next topic here? Does anybody else have questions for me? And if not, I have no questions. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. If you have to have, hop off, uh, understand, but otherwise would love to, to keep you on. Thank you. Yep. Um, moving on to the uh, treasurer's report. Um, first up, dues and donations. It's a new year, which means uh, anyone who's looking to become an, a dues paying member uh, needs to renew for their dues. Uh, dues are pay what you can. In years past, they're about $10, um, but uh, we've changed those recently to accommodate anyone who wants to be a dues paying member in our, in our neighborhood. Um, you must be a resident or a business owner. And uh, if you would like to uh, pay your dues, you can do so through the Cash App, um, or you can send an email to forestparksoutheast at gmail.com if you prefer to pay by cash or check, and we can help arrange uh, coordinating uh, that, that payment. Um, I'm gonna turn it over to, to Rachel here, uh, who is our, our treasurer on the uh, treasurer's report. Thank you, Dan. So in December, we started with a balance of $1,537.68 in the bank. It's a little tough to read and may have one or two updates to this too, but uh, we received $110 in donations and dues in December. And then our expenditures, we had $14.99 on Zoom, which is a ordinary monthly expense that we've incurred for some time. Uh, we had $16.25 on the annual Missouri Secretary of State registra registration. And we had $170 on the, spent on the New Year's Eve door hangers uh, that Dan mentioned previously. So uh, into December, we closed with a balance of $1,446.44. Awesome, thank you. Um, I will update this slide next time to be more accurate. Sorry about that. Um, moving on to the treasurer's report with Officer Walker. Mom, you must have. How's everybody doing? Good. Um, not a lot. Anyone have any questions for me? Any concerns for me? Uh, you guys, neighborhood. Before we dive into uh, into crime and safety, um, my apologies for the interruption. I, a couple questions in the chat or comments. Don uh, wants to know if there could be a clarification on pay what you can, as yeah. far as dues concerned. Yeah, it's uh, pay what you can is uh, a model to make it uh, being a dues paying member as accessible as possible. Um, you, you can be a dues paying member for as little as, you know, a penny, a dollar, um, or as much as you want to, to, uh, to, to give as a, as a due. Um, as, as, as mentioned earlier, uh, the previous 
uh, requirement for a due was $10. Um, but we believe making making it more accessible is, is, is a priority for our neighborhood. Does that answer your question, Don? I think you're on mute. No, it does not. How can I help clarify? I refuse to pay dues because of the association with the poll tax. So I'm boy, I'm boycotting for a different reason. Okay. I believe that the dues you're asking, hold on a second. Turn your voice off. No, I don't. We got a little feedback going here. Um, no, I've been reading up on associations and I believe the $10 is really a poll tax. It's required, it's used to keep people out. Just like last month when you guys all did the, did got collected the money and did the vote. Well, I want to come on that same day, but I don't want to pay $10 because I think it's that poll tax for voting. And I'm also uh, working with another group in the north side, uh, the Wells Goodfellow group. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to them about this already. They were going to charge dues and we're we're in that same discussion of whether we should charge or not. And uh, that's why I, I want some clarification. I can pay $10 anytime I want. I can donate $10 at any time, but yeah. it's a whole different reason why I'm not paying $10. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, you don't have to pay $10. You can pay as little as a penny and you become a dues paying member. We have no requirement other than, um, I, guess, I guess I should say our, our, our dues are a penny. And if you'd like to, uh, be a dues paying member and pay more, you can. Uh, I'm going to turn it back over to uh, Officer Walker with uh, the crime and safety report. Okay, I'm back. Um, just asking if anyone had any questions for me about anything going on in the neighborhood. Um, you guys, so far, from the beginning of the year, your crime has been rather low. Um, that could be because of the 50 car that we've been having working in Forest Park Southeast neighborhood for the last couple of months. Um, I said last week, you guys had a total of seven calls, I believe. And out of those seven, only five reports were made. Um, and those are the ones I sent you via email. The other two reports that was in there that's not on there were the accidents because we don't include those in the reports. Um, I spoke to you regarding the shots fired calls, um, and you guys didn't have a whole lot of shot fire incidents. Um, you had a couple, I believe eight um, shots fired for New Year's Eve. No reports came out of those that night. I think somebody did make a, a report for a destruction of property maybe the next day. But uh, overall, you guys didn't have a whole lot of uh, gunfire going on in the neighborhood. Uh, so far, this year from like January 1st to the 16th, you guys had a total of 164 calls for service. And that could be, you know, reports being made, officers calling out on things and just, you know, what other calls people are calling about in Forest Park Southeast. But again, out of all those calls, we only had like seven reports. Um, this last week out of those, um, what did I say? You guys had 164 out of this last week, about 74 of those came from, um, the 9th or the, the 16th. 
But other than that, like I said, you guys have been quiet. It's not a lot going on in Forest Park Southeast. I'm kind of glad because, you know, you guys are getting hit a lot along that Manchester area mm-hmm. with those businesses that night. So our night watch kind of stepped it up. And then again, we had a 50 car out there kind of working some overnight hours to kind of help out. And I think that's um that has helped a lot. Um, again, we kick off those weekly bulletins, you know, park smart. I always tell everybody, you know, don't leave anything valuable in your cars because they're going to steal it. We don't care. You know, you can leave your door unlocked. They're still going to break in, you know, smashing windows, stealing clones, anything Bible. Just don't leave them in your car. Um, Cadillac converter thefts have been increasing. It hasn't hit you guys again yet, but it is going on in some of the other neighborhoods. It's starting to pick back up again. And again, there's no particular car that they're picking. It's just basically any car they can get up under, you know, cut off and go. So kind of be mindful of that, that that is back, um, going back up. Uh, we had some calls coming in about people stealing the handles off of dumpsters. That's been going on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess somebody's in need for these handles on the dumpster. So, you know, you guys may see that it's, it's kind of going up. It's going to be a headache for the city because it's going to make it hard, you know, for them to dump the trash because the hooks are not there. Yeah. So if you see anything suspicious like that, report it. If you guys notice any of you guys' um, handles missing off your dumpsters, make sure you let the city, uh, the refuge division know so they can come out and replace those um, so we can make sure that your trash is getting uh, picked up. All in all, everything's still the same. I'm working on a couple of things uh, for the summer and the spring. We're trying to do a couple of community events, um, like a meet and greet um, where the residents can meet some of the other officers. I'm trying to get some of my other units together to partner in with me on this. Um, I think Shoto Park may be a good spot for me to do it in the Forest Park Southeast neighborhood because I need somewhere open where there's not a lot of, of lines for a helicopter to be able to come in. So I'm going to work on um, that with you guys. And once I get more information, I will let you know. Um, but I know my first one is going to be in May, but that's going to be in the Tower Grove. Tower Grove neighborhood around the Bamberg and Gravois neighborhood. So once I get that um, done and I'm trying to get another day set up to see if I can get everybody again for the Forest Park Southeast neighborhood and I think I'm going to go with the Shoto Park. Uh, but other than that, I don't have, you know, a whole lot more to go. Just, you know, park smart. Don't leave your cars running. You know, keep your porch lights on at night. You can get cameras on your um, doors, ring doorbells, whatever it is that you can get. I suggest you get those. Um, if you know if anything crime going on, if you have any video, you can always email me videos. Um, but I would like you to also CC the detective sergeants in it. Um, they would also like to be CC'd in the videos. I mean, but if you don't want to, you can always send them to me and I can send it to them, but they would like to be CC'd in those videos when you guys send them. Um, that way if they're working on any cases, they'll have that. Um, but other than that, it's- Really not a lot going on. Um, I'm going to catch up with uh, the alderman regarding her public safety committee uh, with some of the things she was noted. I know we used to do them back in the day. Um, check and see if that's something we can start back up with the department when it comes to helping with um, some of the training, like a uh, block captain's training, things like that. Um, but I will touch base with her in probably another half an hour because I had to attend another meeting with her shortly. But um, if there's anything you guys need, you have my contact information. Always give me a call. Send me an email. Again, you know, if I'm at work, I will respond to my emails, you know, as I get them, especially if I'm out and about because I keep my computer up when I'm in the car. 
Um, if you don't hear from me, naturally I'm saying I'm either off or I'm in training, but I try to get back to everybody as quickly as possible. But again, if you have anything, you know, you have questions, Bob, you want to make us aware of anything or, you know, if there's any, just give me a call. Officer Walker, we have a question in the chat for you. Uh, the question is, was there a difference in calls about gunfire on New Year's Eve? No, I, um, when I send a report, I think you guys may have had like a couple of more calls this past year than you did previously, but it wasn't a lot in you guys' neighborhood. Um, I don't know if you have that um, email I sent you. Yeah, I can, I can probably pull it up. I'm not logged into my work email, but I think you guys just had maybe like two or three extra calls this year versus what you had the year before. You know, I wasn't in the position um, a couple of years prior to that, so I wouldn't know those facts, but I did go back and try to confirm to see. So you guys did have like a couple of extra calls. Yeah, so I have the numbers pulled up here. Um, in our neighborhood in 2020, there were three shots, uh, calls in. And then in 2021, there were eight. Um, I wouldn't, I, I, I also would be interested to hear your opinion on this officer Walker, but on our door hangers, we did have um, numbers to call in case you heard gunshots. And I wonder if it's fair to say that perhaps giving people that information and, and arming them with you know, a number to call could possibly lead to an increase of people calling now that they know who to call. No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, some people either they're going to call or not going to call. You know, some people <laughs> hear it, they won't call, and then you have those that will. So I don't think that would affect. Okay. You know, they know the numbers. Just some people, you know, choose to call and others don't. Uh, any other questions for Officer Walker? All right. Well, cool. Thank you for your time. All right. Awesome. And I'll get you that information over as soon as I get it. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, we are going to jump into uh, updates from Park Central. I'm going to make uh, Linda a co-host and she will share her screen and I will stop sharing my screen. Uh, Linda, if you'd like to take the floor, it is all yours. Thank you. Um, so hi guys, my name is Linda. I'm the coordinator of neighborhood initiative and engagement over at Park Central. Um, so I mostly oversee all the social services program here at Park Central. Uh, we do provide a lot of resources for residents and business owners in Forest Park Southeast, as well as 10 other neighborhoods that we're in. Uh, we are located on Manchester, so just in the middle of Forest Park Southeast. Uh, you guys might know us from running our very, very popular parking uh, permits program. <laughs> I know most people know us because of that. Uh, we oversee the parking permits program that runs year round from July to June, and you know we will be up for renewal soon. So let's know us for that, and also our um, overseeing of the, the Grove Community Improvement District. Uh, tonight, I just wanted to share some information with you guys in regards to our Stay in Place program, um, just because this is a program that's been around for about two, three years, um, but I've worked really hard in the last few years to really get a lot of uh, direct assistance, financial assistance uh, uh, funding that's available to residents in the in the Forest Park Southeast neighborhoods and pretty much any of our neighborhoods that we serve. Um, but, you know, 
Uh, we do want to serve a lot of the uh, residents that live in Forest Park Southeast. Um, the neighborhood holds very dear to our heart because that's where we're located and started. Um, majority of our programs are for those 80% AMI or uh, below. Uh, so I kind of kept a little, hopefully you guys can read this, it's kind of small, but basically for household one, it's about $46,000. Um, so a lot of our resources are in toward um, that house, uh, you know, that that income size. But if you guys have issues um, that needs to be addressed, feel free to reach out to her directly. Um, I oversee the program, but if there's cases that I need to come in, she'll definitely pull me in. Um, but again, in general, our stay in place program is aimed to help residents stay in their home by connecting them to resources that help them stay in their home. Um, so here I kind of, I'm, I'm not gonna read every single one so you guys could take a look at it, um, you know, but we do have a lot of different program, uh, a lot of funding available through our office um, and you can tap into uh, mortgage assistance. So we actually were one of eight organizations that were selected to do CARES funding um, in uh, last year when uh, when COVID started uh, with rental and mortgage assistance. Mortgage assistant. Uh, right now we have a pending application with the city to do mortgage assistance. Uh, we don't have that available yet, but we're hoping you know to hear back by the end of this month, early next month, if we do uh, get accepted to do mortgage assistance. I did put pending there. But if you are, if you or any of your neighbors are at risk of losing their home because of a job loss, um, you know, um, and have been facing um, and like be, being behind or delinquent on your mortgage, please make sure to reach out to us so that we put you on a wait list uh, so we know we can contact you. Um, other programs that we have is emergency utilities for any uh, late or disconnected. So if you have any Ameren or Spire, uh, late bills, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we also help people move into the neighborhood too. Um, so if you're looking to move into the neighborhood and need assistance with that first month rent, please let us know. Let us know. Um, when the pandemic first started, we actually um, got funding to do food food delivery, like contactless door uh, porch delivery to homes in the neighborhood through a partnership with City Greens Market and Field Food. Um, so that's something that we actually still have a little bit of funding left. So if you have any families, you yourself or your neighbors have issues accessing food at this time, feel free to reach out to our office. We do have a little bit of funding left for that. Um, two, and the next three programs are specifically for seniors is our uh, minor home repairs program is aimed to keep seniors in their home through like snow removal, um, lawn mowing, um, and even like uh, HVAC maintenance. Um, if they need a minor home repairs. Uh, our minor home repairs actually does have a wait list. So just feel free to reach out to us and we can let you know more information about that. Um, it is geared towards 16 and over um, through our funding because our funder is specifically serves seniors only. So you do have to be a senior over 16 in order to qualify. Last but not least uh, is our very, very new program. Uh, we'll be partnering with the city uh, to do this program citywide. And it's the St. Louis Real Estate Tax Assistance Fund. This is specifically targeting families who are about to lose their home through tax sales or foreclosure. So, um, and this is actually uh, through a partnership with the city assessor's office uh, for up to $3,500. And that's something that we're going to kick off probably by the end of next month, early March. Um, but if you have, if you, again, if you or any of your neighbors are at risk of losing their home, please make sure to reach out to us so that we can work closely with you so that you can stay in your home. Um, any questions for me? A question in the chat. Mm -hmm. uh, would you be able to share this PDF with us? Yeah, I'll send this 
definitely pulled a lot of information from other slides. I'll send this over to Dan so that you can share it with um, you know the folks in the meeting today. Thank you. Um, so, so again, if you want to register as a client, our online application uh, is available through um, this link, bit.ly forward slash register for CRC, or you can also call our resource specialist, Ms. Brown, at uh, 643-826 anytime uh, during work hours. One more question in the chat. The question is, can you help with MSD liens as well? Uh, right now, not yet. Uh, we do have a pending application from a funder. Uh, we should hear back by next month. Uh, so that's a maybe, but not at this time. Um, and it, it's going to be limited. And, and I don't know how much. I know like our grant is out for about like $500. So I know there's some bigger liens out there. <laughs> so our funding request won't be able to cover a huge, huge chunk. Uh, but our um our we should be hearing back from that early in the next month or so. Yeah, this slide this slide was great. I uh, really appreciate you sharing it all yeah. all in one place. It's it's very <laughs> informative. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, happy to share that and and put it on our website and link over to um your your registration link right there. Um, any other any other questions for for Linda uh, before I move on? Awesome. All right. And I'll shoot Dan uh, my contact information. Um, that way, like if you guys have questions for me afterward, feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, I, I typically oversee all the programs at our office, amongst other programs as well. So I don't work one like I don't do a lot of the one on ones. Um, that's what Ms. Brown is there for. But if you have questions for me in regards to like funding opportunities or if there's other programs that you feel that residents are in need of, we're also, you know, we try to really um, tackle like the, the current needs of residents at this time too. So if you have ideas or need, other needs, I know MSG is something that we're working on um, addressing. Um, you know, we're open to ideas as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time tonight, guys. You have a good yeah. night, okay? Likewise, you too. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. All right. Uh, now we're going to move over to Mr. Cordell Whitlock, uh, who is going to share a little bit about the Steinberg uh Rink project, and uh, he'll also share a link in the chat on uh, a survey you can take during uh, his brief presentation. Thanks, Dan. Dan, can I share my screen? Ah, yes, yes. Uh, one sec. Let me make you a co-host. Okay. I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. All right, you should have all the power to share your screen. Okay, great. Um, good evening, everyone. My name is Cordell Whitlock, and I work for a company called Vector Communications. And we are in charge of public engagement for the Steinberg project. Let me see if I can get, uh, I wanted to show an aerial of Steinberg if I can. Uh, let's see if I can. 
not coming up. I'm not going to worry about it. So anyway, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Steinberg, but it's uh, the public ice skating rink, and it's located right across from BJC, uh, down the hill from Kings Highway in Forest Park. And um, it's obviously known as an ice skating rink because it's operational between November and March. Well, in 1995, the Board of Aldermen passed the Forest Park Master Plan. And as part of that plan, um, it calls for Steinberg to be a year-round facility, meaning it's going to be operational 12 months out of the year. Well, some 25 years later, that plan is about to become a reality. Forest Park Forever has hired three architecture firms, and they hope to have a preferred preliminary design concept uh, by June of this year. So part of this process is public engagement, and we've been talking with uh, stakeholders since uh, early October, we've talked to about 400 stakeholders to get input as to exactly what do people wanna see at Steinberg year round. And when we're talking about the ice skating rink, if you haven't been there before, there's a traditional oval shaped rink and then there's a pavilion. Now inside the pavilion is where you uh, get your skates and there's also a snack bar. So, um, the new design is going to cover not only the ice skating rink, but the pavilion. And I put a link in the chat. This is for a, uh, a survey. Unfortunately, I won't be able to show it to you, but I would really appreciate it if you guys could click on that link. Is it working? Did somebody click on it? Tell me if it works. Should take you to a questionnaire, a Google yes, form. It works. Okay, excellent. So if you guys, while I'm talking, will click on that and fill it out. Um, we started back in October with open -ended, an open-ended question. What do you want to see at Steinberg um, for the spring and the summer? Uh, you are the first group that is getting, um, the design team has narrowed it down. I think you have 11 or 12 choices as to exactly um, what people want to see in the spring and summer at Steinberg. When you look at the choices on the survey, if there's something um, that isn't listed that you want to see, put it in the other. Um, and also please, if you think of it, add your zip code because we're trying to categorize where we're getting these responses from. Um, so the idea, like I said, it's simple. Um, the facility is gonna be turned from just a, simply an ice skating rink into a year round venue, a place you can go to April, May, June, July, August and September. So if anybody has any questions while they're filling the survey out, um, obviously, I, I would uh, I would love to entertain those. And Dan, if you could do me a favor, this yeah. link is unique to your group. So if you have a mailing list for folks that did not show up tonight, please email this to them. And if they could fill it out, we would really appreciate it. We're trying to get um, as diverse um, a group as possible to respond. Um, we, we really are trying to reach as many parts of the, the city as possible to see um, what people want at the new Steinberg. It's an exciting project. It's one that, you know, as we've gone around and talked to different people, folks are really looking forward to it. 
Um, and because we're so early on in the process, they don't even have a preliminary design yet. That's why the public input is so important in terms of um, listening to people and, and you know, examining exactly what do folks want to see. And I see something in the chat. Does the master plan define any program at all or just the year-round use? Uh, I think it just says year-round. Um, I don't think it specifies or gives any suggestions as to what year-round means, um, which makes public input all the more important. Let's give you guys a, a, a couple more minutes to, to fill that out. Dan, you got any questions? We do have um, one question. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Oh, go no, go ahead. Question for you: Does the master plan define any program at all, or just year-round use? Yeah, from what I remember, it's it's not specific. It just basically defines year-round use. It doesn't suggest anything or or call for anything, and that that's why this public input is so important. Uh, how long it would still be an ice rink in the winter, right? Yes, sir. It will still be an ice rink. Absolutely. Um, you know, but any if if anybody's ever been there, it really is. It's a nice piece of land. Um, it's kind of tucked away. It's not in an area that it may not be as popular as other parts of the park, but they have a really a nice piece of land to work with. So. Um, and just to give you an idea, we've heard everything from renting the space out, you know, for corporate events or, you know, post-COVID, if you guys are holding a meeting, you know, perhaps hold it there, splash pad, roller skating, um, uh, you know, uh, wine tastings. Um, in, in terms of the food options, some people say they like to see, if anybody's ever been to Rockefeller Center, you know, where you have... Uh, uh, tables and you can look out onto the ice, something like that. So uh, we've gotten some really creative suggestions regarding what people want to see with that space year round. Give you guys uh, a couple more minutes. I don't want to hijack your meeting. No, you're fine. Um, how how uh, long will the survey be open for? Uh, this particular one will probably be open at least, I would think, through uh, through mid March. Okay. Yeah, at least can... at least till mid March, early April. Okay. Yeah, um, I can happily share this sometime after after this meeting, and uh, maybe one or two times uh, in a couple additional emails afterwards to make sure people see the link and have their chance to put in their thoughts. Yeah, and Dan, you have my contact info. So if anybody has any follow-up questions, um, and all of the groups that we're interacting with, we're going to send you guys updates. You know, as to exactly what's going on. We're actually going to have a public meeting, open house once it gets warmer, at the rink. So I'll make sure, Dan, that I send you information on that. Okay. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, so I'm seeing that uh, that a fishing pier is one of the options, which you know, tickles me because uh, I see people out there fishing all the time. Um, but I'm wondering, is this the, uh, just the Steinberg area or is this kind of also including the area just north of Jefferson Lake? So it, it's, it's basically, yeah, that whole entire area, you know, by, by the lake that's included as well. 
Any other final questions for anyone here? And I know we've got uh, a brief community discussion uh, still on our agenda as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Dan, I really appreciate it. Um, really appreciate you guys taking the time to fill this out. And uh, yeah, we look forward to getting as many responses as possible. Yeah, happy to help. Uh, hopefully you get a good dose of responses from, from our neighborhood. All right. Cool. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Be good. Bye. Okay. Um, jumping into our last topic of discussion here um, is trying to think of 2022 planning for the association and a little beyond. Um, Association's been around for a while. It was previously Gibson Heights. And, you know, even before that, there were, you know, a handful of other associations in the neighborhood. Um, many, of, many of you attending today have been in the neighborhood for, for some odd, odd years and have seen things go. Uh, you've, you've seen all of it. You've seen the association probably almost die. You've seen it, you know, become one thing to another. You've seen uh, how... Uh, groups of people form committees and, and you know, take charge and try to have a dog park. Um, so trying to get a sense from the people here today and uh, 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 um, the people in our, in our email database, um, a sense of how the association can better serve its uh, neighborhood. Um, Three really basic questions here. One is one is about attendance. One's like about participation. The other one about uh, engagement in a way. Um, but I, I I thought we would just start with uh, question number one here, which is kind of a weird question to ask people who are in attendance today. But maybe you hear uh, other other residents who uh, say why they can't attend or why they don't don't attend our meetings. Um, We've, we've, we sent this question out in an email maybe uh, a week or two ago with uh, the minutes from November. And we had a couple of responses. Some people say they have uh, standing meetings or standing uh, uh, obligations during this time that they can attend. Um, others ha have the same predicament. Um, uh, uh, so leaving, leaving with that for question number one, like if, if you know why some people aren't attending, I'd be happy to, We'd be interested to hear those thoughts. Is it is it the time? Is it the topics um, that aren't driving people? Um, I'll, I'll give it. A, you know, I'll open up to the floor, and, and if you guys have any um, thoughts or suggestions on this question. Nothing. Uh, Phil or, 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 or even, even Dan, uh, I know you guys have been in the neighborhood for a while. How, 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 uh, recently have, uh, association meetings been on Tuesday nights? Were they ever different nights? Did they change nights? Did they change locations?
this is Phil. I think going back as far as I can remember, the neighborhood meeting, whether it was this group or its predecessors, has been on Tuesday evenings okay. at seven o'clock. Okay. Hmm. Right. And at I know that it's not a good night for some people, but I suspect that would be true of whatever evening uh, was picked. Yeah, that that's that's the feeling that I got as well. Uh, we can't we can't make everybody attend at one you know a single time. It's hard to accommodate you know a whole neighborhood for for a single night uh, for a certain hour. Um, I think consistency is important. Uh, people know it's on the third Tuesday at 6.45 or 7 o'clock. They're more likely to attend or they can mark it off in their schedule easier. They don't have to worry about it. Um, okay, uh, I'll move on to question number two here. Um, it's, it's hard to ask this question to people who are attending, but I'm sure people have thoughts and opinions anyways. Um, question, the question is like, what frustrates you about the association? Um, and the opposite of that, what what have you enjoyed the most? Um, would love to hear your thoughts. Dan, this is Lisa. I'm new to the neighborhood. I've been here since July. Yeah. And I have a pretty diverse block. I'm on Swan between Tower Grove and Boyle. And I, my, my block is extremely diverse. We have renters, we have homeowners, we have Airbnbs. And I'm wondering if you guys do reinstate the block watches, the neighborhood watch program. If you bring the neighborhood association meeting to a block once in a while, so you can reach my 85 year old neighbors, or my renters in the area, just so they know. Because I think some of the people just don't even know about it. Because that information that Linda just provided was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. And I know during COVID it's difficult and during the winter, of course, it's difficult, but maybe kind of bringing the, the meeting to a portion of the neighborhood, maybe not the entire neighborhood, but each, maybe each month, each, what do you, you, you guys meet each month? So each month, maybe just yeah. go to a different quadrant. I don't know, just to try and gather more people. Yeah, I really like that idea. I know it's hard in this age of COVID to find a meeting spot uh, that's accessible to a lot of people. Um, it is our goal to make our, our meetings as accessible, our minutes as transparent, you know, our communication as, as, as flowing as possible. Um, I, I wonder shutting down a street. What's that? Do you do that? Do you do that in St. Louis? Can you guys shut down streets? We did that in Denver. Like we had block parties or if we had the, you know, maybe a neighborhood mm -hmm. watch kickoff meeting then you would shut down the street and have. Yeah, um, I, I think that's something we can work with, you know, whether it's Park Central or the city or our neighborhood improvement specialist, you know, just how, how to go about doing that. 
Um, I think that's a really interesting idea. I think that's a great way to kick off um, how, how to, to reignite the black captain system. And I, I think uh, having that black captain system reinstated would help uh, us uh, uh, distribute information to people all across the neighborhood. Um, we're very aware that you know our emails only reach a certain number of people and not everyone has access to the internet or knows how to use an email. Um, and it is costly to do door hangers or flyers. It's, it's manpower and it's money that the association doesn't quite have. Um, we do have wonderful volunteers who do uh, a great job of, of walking door to door to hand out flyers. Um, I, I think uh, a good jumping off point and getting the neighborhood aware of the association and even what Park Central has to offer could be through uh, a coordinated um, kickoff for that block captain system. Uh, I'll, well, the board will talk about this. I, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, we can talk about that uh, in, in a board meeting and uh, I'll reach out to, to, to Linda and, and Park Central as well to see if they can, they can help at all in terms of getting the word out or helping with flyers or um, I know in, in years past they helped with the block captain system or at least the NIS did or uh, the Central West End Neighborhood uh, Security Institute or whatever the name is. Um, Anyways, I'm rambling. Yes, I, I like that. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Dan? Yeah, who's this? Sorry. Dan Scott? Oh, what's up, Dan? Yeah. Can you hear me, I guess? Yeah. Yes, Dan. Okay. I, I was going to say there's a lack of incentive. It's a, I wrote it in the comments with this, the, the bylaws bitten, being written as a neutral form. The group is a do-nothing organization. What? We can't get anything from it. There used to be people came to the meetings because there, at least Joe Rody was able to trick us into thinking that he was going to help us. Now, I mean, the alderman comes on, she's back off. You know, if you don't catch her, you can't even ask her a question in public. Um, there's, it doesn't smooth out our transition to even communicating with the city. This neighborhood association doesn't, it doesn't do anything. We don't have any common projects. There's no glue. It's, it's like, just getting together just to talk to see your neighbors and it's uh it's lame it's weak uh, you got to get out of the neutral we got to be a group that advocates for our neighbors if you're not going to people join groups because they get something from the group when you don't get anything why join the group you're just a hey, wasting up your time you know the simpsons is on <laughs> yeah get out uh, of neutral get out of neutral do something for us I, I definitely hear those, those, those comments, um, you know, letters of support or ways we can advocate better for the community. Um, I, I think there's a degree in which we, we, we could do that. If there are bylaw changes, those would have to be passed by, by the board. But, um, I think I think it's a goal of of 2020, 2022 just to figure out how we can go about being better advocates for our community to be a stronger neighborhood to build better relationships with one another. Um, 
because I, I, I do, I do see your point, Dan, in that if we're here just to talk, you know, that's, and, and get nothing done. What's the point? I hear you. I do. Um, does anyone else have thoughts on, on maybe, maybe branching off of Dan's comments and how the board can, uh, the association can evolve or be better advocates for its community? Or um, I guess that goes nicely into question three, like, is the association, association active enough? Active can, can, make, can, can be uh, a term used for many things, whether that's events, active can mean communication, active can mean um, supporting the residents who, who need it. Um, any, any, any thoughts, anything that you think we should be doing more of, less of? Go ahead, Dan. Um, you know, uh, we saved this organization for this reason, so that we could advocate for our neighbors. Uh, Park Central and the previous aldermen wanted it to die. They wanted all the input to come just from their hand-selected committees, and they wanted this neighborhood and association to die. And, and me and Dan Dooling and Vince Chewing and Adelina Mark stood up and said, let's save the association. You remember that, Dan? I remember us all volunteering to be board members. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so it, we also discuss a neighborhood, a neighborhood community, uh, a neighborhood assistance com committee, and and we we went through it thoroughly so that we would have an arm of the neighborhood that would go around and that would assist our neighbors, and with problems with the city or security problems or whatever problems would arise. And all of a sudden it got killed. I think we should uh, look into it again. Okay. Um, I, I, I do remember that. I do have the draft of what that committee is. Um, we can look to see how that would function. Uh, I, th I think the biggest sticking point that the, the biggest challenge we had with that committee was funding it. I think one of the biggest one of the biggest things that you advocated, you and Don advocated for in that committee, was having home repair funds. And quite frankly, the association doesn't have those funds, so there would have to be a certain level or a certain degree in which this committee would be active without such funds. Um, I believe there are. You, you could, you, we could, there, there would be potential partners throughout the city. You could form coalitions. You can um, find grants and write grant applications for those. Um, but why is my thing changing? I can't believe it. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Ken, I see, I see your comment here in the chat. We do still have those signs. They live somewhere. Um, I think we would love to place those out again. We would have to update those, um, which do come at a cost. If there was an easy way, there probably is an easy way to update lawn signs and make them interchangeable. Um, yeah, I would love to get those out again. I mean, everything is via Zoom and we have a bit.ly link that people can easily uh, remember easily, quote unquote. Um, 
uh yeah we'd love to get this back up again if we can um lisa i see you have your hand raised actually i think don don was a little bit ahead if you don't mind okay don yeah you're on mute i'll unmute you there you go well nope that didn't work nope try it again Don? I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I've been a member of the association a long time. And a lot of times there's a lot of pressure on us, the association, to agree with whatever it was doing. Okay, the developers. So whenever we sort of had a problem with it, it, it got real undemocratic. So if you guys want to go to Democratics, we need to talk about the neighborhood and, and what I'd like to talk about, the form-based district, which created the seven big buildings behind me, the big four-story buildings over here. And do we want that for other neighborhoods? Because our streets are all tore up, our plumbing's getting bad, we're having accidents happening in our houses. You know, a lot of issues with the development. And if Park Central really is working in nine other neighborhoods, do we want those other neighborhoods to grow like us? And for what reason? I mean, I look around in my neighborhood now and I wonder what good's it for, but to build seven more of those things. That's all. And if you, in other words, though, if you want to talk about really having an association, you got to take talk about the real issues in this neighborhood. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Don. Uh, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. I was just, someone made the comment about, maybe it was you, Dan, with the association funding these projects. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think then you went into, uh, then you went on to saying that, you know, there are different partners in the community um, with that, that have funds already allocated. I don't, I don't know if we could just be an expert on advising people where to receive help and funding and grants, but not be the extra, the additional group that writes grants and raises funds. I mean, there's people already doing that. So we could just be the ones that know where the resources are. Yeah. I think I think that's a fair comment as well. Um, I know Park Central plays a big role in in applying for grants, and they use that money to help um, Forest Park Southeast as well as the other neighborhoods within their their footprint. Um, we yeah, could I'm not really sure what they do. I thought they were builders, but now I see that they have all these different. Um, not uh, what am I trying to think of? all the different programs that, that Linda just, so I'm kind of confused on what they do. They, they do seem to be a little controversial, um, but that's a topic for a different day. But I just think there's enough people around this community and the wide, wider spread area that there's so many resources, we just need to know about them and inform our neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, Park Central offers a lot of a lot of programs in uh, a lot of different neighborhoods. Uh, we've had them. Uh, I believe it was in late or mid 2019. We had Abdul, and I think even 
I think Linda might have been there. I don't want to. I don't want to mistake any anybody though. Um, uh, Abdul came and presented. You know how how parks how, um, Park Central operates in our neighborhood and other neighborhoods. Their goal and their mission, the programs they offer. Um, it 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 could be another opportunity in which we invite them back to uh, represent on on uh, what they do within with as an organization with their neighborhood. Um, but I, I I also see the other side of of your statements there, Lisa. That um, if if we could find um, partners or other opportunities to send people, that would be helpful for them to um, meet 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 their needs. Um, I think there, the other issue there is that most people who do need this assistance almost have to go through uh, an organization like Park Central who has already applied for those grants or has those funds and you just have to go through that certain application process. And I'm sure there's other organizations who offer similar uh, assistance. Um, it's just a matter of identifying those, um, reaching out to them, um, and, and actually doing the outreach almost ourselves and going door to door and, you know, walking down Swan and saying, Hey, have you heard of this? Do you need this? Here's how it can help. And if you need help, you know, someone can assist you. That's, that's a, that's a pretty big lift on, you know, a, a small group of volunteers, but I think it all circles it's back to like, it with the block party, the block. Yeah. Captain. I think it, yeah. I think it circles back to that and having, uh, the block parties, the block captains, and having a the more the more local you can get, you know, the more um, block by block you can build build the neighborhood up. Um, We've got a question in the chat from Don. Uh, the question is, where is the ward capital improvement money? Great and I'm sorry, Adam, I missed your question right before that, but we'll get to that one next. Uh, that's, that's, that's a great question. I know in, uh, years past, uh, Alderman Rody did provide, uh, Excel spreadsheets of word capital and how they were being used. I don't have that. Um, we could certainly see if Sweet Tea is willing to provide, uh, how word capital is being allocated. Uh, I'll take a, a quick note of, of, of that. Um, right now, sweet tea. Uh, what, what other questions do we have? The other question uh, from Adam, has anyone articulated the rationale for why uh, Forest Park Southeast Neighborhood Association is not an advocacy group and why is it a neutral forum? Rather than trying to force the association to take positions on controversial topics and dividing the group, this can be the place where like-minded people can meet to join forces and start their own separate advocacy groups. For example, the dog park. I like to take that one. It's, it's, it's irrational to stay neutral. The dog park was never a controversial issue. I mean, they discussed it and we got it done. Um, and, and they did it through the, the Forest Park, through the Neighborhood Association. They did a lot of their, uh, their campaigning through the association. Um, it's irrational to stay neutral form because you can never do anything as a group. You can never do anything. You're just, you're just a group of neutral people that get together and 
what's this like-minded? We're all we're all live in the same area. You know, it has to be discussed. What they what they really want to do by staying neutral is to make sure that you can actually really do nothing except for when a, a select group wants to get it done. Then they push it anyway. It's a it's a bunch of BS. Adam knows it. I think to your point, Dan, that I'm new to the board here in the neighborhood association, but I've been in the neighborhood the better part of a decade. And I've noticed some changes over the years. And one of my personal goals would be to try to figure out a way to increase collaboration between our group and Alder Woman, Sweet Tea, uh, and our group in Park Central, for example, and figure out how to join forces and uh, you know not only not duplicate efforts, but sort of divide and conquer and um, figure out a way to better collaborate and and do things, as you mentioned. Dan, to your point, the dog park actually was very controversial and the Neighborhood Association did not actually take a stance on it. Uh, I don't remember what was controversial about it. Uh, we can talk about that afterwards, but uh, it was pretty controversial, I mean, actually. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You should, you should know right off back why. Yeah, they yeah I do, actually. Uh, it seemed uh, like they were, they were worried about the money being spent there. No, but a group had spent a lot of time designing a, a particular layout for the park and it did not include a dog park. Um, I can put you in touch with um, people who were involved with it at the time, but I know several of my close neighbors were really upset about the dog park. Me personally, I didn't really care, but it was controversial. Mm, I don't think it was that controversial and the design was still a suck because it's still flooded and it still has that problem. Let's, but, let's, let's discuss this off off okay off this the meeting. thing is it, it should have some good spirited debate and then things will get done and that's exactly what happened and, and then when they always just push it to the side this people that are not that don't know what democracy is spirited debate thank you thanks dan i think we've got one more question in the chat i know we're about five after eight here so yeah thank if you you've got any final questions please feel free to drop them in the chat but Otherwise, uh, we may end with a Ken's question, which is, were there problems in the past with this not being a neutral forum and it changed to become one or has it always been neutral? Um, that's a great question. I've, I've been trying to find bylaws from years past and the only bylaws I, I can recall, uh, I think are from like 2016. Um, before that, I haven't been able to find any, any bylaws. I remember going through old emails and looking at dog park discussions and, um, and all sorts of stuff and, you know, businesses wanting to raise donation or provide donations, but, you know, the association not being a 5013C, but I, I, I can't recall any time when there were bylaws that didn't have the word neutral or, um, if you know the dog park was uh, a, 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 a result of, or the bylaws being neutral were a result of the dog park being uh, what it was, um, I, I think I think where the controversy comes from is a little bit of feeling like our neighborhood is being neglected in a way by uh, uh, a few different parties. 
Uh, it could just be on the basis of communication and uh, voices not being appropriately heard at the right times. Um, and I think uh, those who are pushing for us having more advocacy provide the association um, a little bit more of that voice that people feel are, are lacking. If you do go around and look at other associations and their bylaws, they do mention, you know, that in their mission and in their bylaws, they're an advocacy group or they deal with, you know, they, they promote um, the betterment of, of their residents. And I, I, I guess I'll go back to a point earlier that if there are so many organizations in this neighborhood um, and they're not communicating with one another, but making decisions that affect everybody in it, um, those who want their voices heard, but don't have them heard, resort to other methods of getting their voices heard. And I think advocacy and changing that one word of neutral forum is, is there a, a possible solution for that in, in the eyes of, of some? Dan, I can't stress it enough. I got a letter of support from this group um, and we used to go to the group to get letters of support and we could vote, we could vote on it. Uh, uh, example, we also got the saddle tramps when the saddle tramps wanted to put their clubhouse on boil and we went together as a neighborhood group and, and we voted on it and it, there was some controversial, but we got it done. You gotta be a group that advocates. Otherwise you're just a bunch of, I don't want to say it, but we got to get back to that. Thank you. I, I know uh, we're a little past time here and we've lost a few people, but um, unless there are any final thoughts, I'll turn it back over to Dan to wrap up. Yeah, uh, that's that's all I have for, for tonight. Uh, thanks for help moderating, Rachel. Um, our next meeting is on February 15th. We do have two uh, guest speakers uh, lined up or two topics at least. Uh, TrailNet will provide a quick update on the Tower Grove Cortex connector. Um, and then we'll have uh, a short discussion on uh, Proposition R before uh, there's uh, uh, some type of uh, elections uh, in the coming months. Um, really bad president too. Whew. That's bad judgment. Bad judgment. That by right. Um, that said, uh, it was good seeing everyone. Uh, hope to have you back. Uh, the board will try to look at, we'll look at like the, the, uh, words, uh, block captain system and, and, and upcoming programming for that. So thanks for your thoughts on that, Lisa, definitely aligned with, with what you had to say. All right. Uh, with that said, everyone have a good night. Uh, we'll talk to you all, uh, later. Thanks, Dan. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys.